Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, where every Jojo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. This is episode 36, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, Foo Fighters. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode, anything that's happened in the Jojo anime, so you've been warned. Um, so yeah, localized title, FF. Just putting that out there right off the bat. It's Fufa. <laughs> Which is fair. I think they, they abbreviate Foo Fighters as FF um, as the manga goes along. So that's on theme. That That is aligned to JoJo lore. Um, but the weird thing is for anyone who's not familiar with part six and what FF stands for, they'll pretty much go the entirety of the anime and not clarify what the acronym is. Well... I mean, in the sub version, you hear the actors say Foo Fighters. True. Which I, I'm wondering what they say in the dub if they have to go by FF. Call me F. Call me by my name, FF. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's the localized title. Um, and uh, we're just going to go with Foo Fighters because why not? I you know I, I would I would hope that you know someday we don't get slap on the wrist because we used the original titles. <laughs> the big record labels aren't going to come after us, are they? <laughs> yeah, I think they're concerned with the actual products that use their names that we are discussing, right? <laughs> Not the little guy. Well, yeah, let's hope because sometimes they do some scary things. Like on YouTube, they do some scary things over there. But anyway. Moving on, uh, before we get into things, we wanted to share a bit of news, some some exciting thing that we did. Um, we officially launched our Discord server for the Strictly series. So we are available, we are accessible, we are chattable. <laughs> we are on the Strictly series Discord server. Make it sound so promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you wanna come chat with us about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, or about anything we talk about on Strictly Anime, or about anime in general, or gaming, or um, I don't know, other stuff, we are there at the Discord server. You know, the way that you sold our Discord reminds me of <laughs> like the commercials from the 90s, 2000s, where it's like, live girls ready to chat with you now. <laughs> That's how you're I, selling our Discord server. I felt like it was more like a used car salesman, like, come on down to our okay, Discord okay, server. Yeah. I guess, yeah, whatever commercials you see at like 3 a.m., um, that's how you were selling this, whether it be the used car <laughs> salesman or the the live girls ready to chat <laughs> so but... <laughs> if you're into chatting with some sexy girls or buying a used car or anywhere in between join the discord server is the message i'm trying to get across yeah i mean there is a channel that is nsfw oh boy so kind of in line <laughs> with that theme but yeah i figure or we figure this discord will be one of the best ways for us to uh, communicate with you guys directly and for you guys to communicate with us directly and so far it's been a blast um getting some of our listeners in there and, and having them chat with us so yeah in all seriousness the reason we started the discord server is because one of the most exciting parts about making this podcast um is when you guys reach out to us we love getting your emails um seeing you comment on our tweets and on our instagram posts anytime you reach out to us to suggest a new anime or 
uh, answer one of our questions that we have on a podcast episode or correct us when we fuck up. <laughs> we love it. And and so we thought it'd be even better to be more, again, available and accessible so that we can chat directly with you guys. So um, the links for the Discord server or the, the link for the Discord server will be in the show notes. Um, and we'll also have it on all of our social, social media, Instagram, Twitter, our links, link, or links.co link. That's weird to say. But a our link tree? No, we don't have a link tree. We have a links. We have a links. L I I. A links. Like the, the animal links? No, L I I N K S. It's like a link tree, just oh, a little okay. more aesthetic. So we went with that over a link tree. Um, but pretty much anywhere you find us, our website, the Discord link will be there. Um, but again, the easiest way to join is probably just hit the episode description on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And then just tap that link that's in there that says join our Discord. Um, and one of the fun things that we did in that Discord is on our welcome channel, uh, you can assign yourself a role um, by reacting to that comment so that you can represent you know, either Strictly Anime or Strictly JoJo or both of them, depending on whatever combination of our podcasts you listen to. So yeah, join our Discord. And I know that we sometimes talk about like things we see on the internet particularly the JoJo memes that we talk about. Um, now we'll be able to share those um, in, a, in an easier fashion. I think every time we post about... Fashion. A fashion. <laughs> <laughs> every time we post um, one of our new JoJo episodes, um, we'll do our best to also throw in the memes that we're referencing or any other things we reference um, throughout the discussion so that way you can see them right away and know exactly what we're talking about versus trying to Google what it is we're describing because sometimes we're not the best about describing those things so yeah long story short join our discord we'd love to chat with you not in the sexy way not you yeah. know girls at night <laughs> you know when you want to chat with some sexy ladies yeah we're not available 24 <laughs> hours unfortunately but <laughs> we'll, we'll be there so now on to jojo things um still no update on when netflix is going to air the next part of uh stone ocean however um, we were kind of talking about this, and, and I know Carl's mentioned this in the past, but talking about this before we were recording, when the um, broadcast for uh, Japan is going to actually catch up to where we're at from the Netflix side of things. So they are currently on episode four, which airs um, January 29th, 2022. So if you do the math, if you count the weeks, and assuming that there's no breaks or delays, um, I believe they'll be caught up with episode 12 on March 26th. That is a bit of a ways away. Um, so we were kind of brainstorming about what we do if there is a significant gap um, or even just a one-week gap um, as we are moving temporarily to weekly episodes for the Stone Ocean Review. And so we'll probably do um, some discussion episodes. We don't often have an opportunity to do that here on Strictly JoJo, so we thought it'd be fun to, you know, talk about some things. We've got a lot of discussion ideas lined up, a lot of, like, favorite things in JoJo or, you know, talking about villains and comparing them. So we're going to plug any gaps in. <laughs> that sounds weird. Everything I'm saying Looks sounds weird. Everything. It all sounds suggestive. Yeah. We'll, we'll fill in some gaps in the schedule with discussion episodes, so look forward to that. But who knows? Maybe we won't even have that problem if Netflix gives us new episodes soon. I mean, there was one piece of JoJo news that came out this week. Um, you sent this to me over Instagram. Is that I did? Lawson oh, has yeah. a collaboration with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to promote Stone Ocean. 
and it's a selection of goods and snacks, and it kind of makes me jealous that we won't be in Japan to visit、uh, during this period of promotion. <laughs> There are a lot of things that they do with JoJo in Japan that makes me very jealous that we're not in Japan. Like when they had the JoJo pop up. Um, whenever they have exclusive merch that you is either limited edition or like not very、uh, accessible to those outside of the、uh, outside of Japan,、um, and yeah, I don't know, I just I'm fucking jealous. I mean, it makes sense that that's where those things take place,、yeah. but、um, as an overseas JoJo fan, I get sad. <laughs> I mean, we are able to pre-order like the Nendoroids or all the the pretty figures that come out for JoJo, but niche stuff like this is. Still pretty neat, and I would probably want to add it to my collection.、Um, I know we have a friend in Japan who, who's working there, so I don't know <laughs> if we can reach out to to them to try to grab us some stuff from Lawson, of all places. Lawson being the one of the major convenience stores in Japan.、Um, but I just want to briefly go over. I'm looking at an article that lists all the products available.、Um, there's Royal Milk Tea. Oh, really? Yeah, and there, I think there are a total of six different cups, each having、um, a different JoJo character. Man,、There's、that's so cool. Jolene, Jotaro, Hermes, Foo Fighters, Weather Report, and Poochie Gang.、Um, they they call it throat candy. I think like loss loss. How do you say that? Loss and 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 loss Not the minty ones, you know. There's like, I don't know what,、um, like the hard candies, I guess. I thought Altoids had like a. Why would that be a? Th- wait, I thought a throat candy is like the medicine stuff. But I'm not gonna. I'm not、oh, gonna、no. attempt that one I mean, again. <laughs> that's what the, they're labeling this as. I'm a, I'm assuming it's more like the like fruit. Just like、flavored. a hard candy. Yeah. Hmm. That's、uh, a weird thing to call it. <laughs> and yeah, it's two different containers. One with Jolene's butterfly tattoo. The other with. Jotaro's、um, green star that I think appears on his hat. That's cool. <laughs> Then there's vermicelli soup,、uh, which is just a container of soup with I think Jolene and Weather Report、um, on the packaging. And I think if you buy, what is this? Purchase three of the campaign snack products, you get a free notebook of four different designs. Uh, but they're only twenty per store, and they're on a first come first serve basis. So I'm Those sure those are gonna be gone so fast. Yeah, especially if if that were to happen here at like a Seven Eleven, like I know weebs across the country would be flocking to these convenience stores just to snatch these up, and they'd be gone in a heartbeat.、Um, but yeah, exciting promotional campaign that Lawson is doing for Stone Ocean overseas in the mainland. <laughs> <laughs> Very very jealous. It's like that one time. I don't remember what it was. I think there were like yogurts, like gogurts,、um, like tube yogurts or something that had Nicolas Cage's face on them. Do you remember in、those? Japan? Yeah, and then that friend of ours that lives out there. I asked them if they would、uh, somehow grab one and somehow send it to me here in the United States, <laughs> just because I I love Nicolas Cage. The guy's my hero, like in a funny way, but also like I I do love the dude. I actually have. <laughs> A um a custom designed Nicolas Cage face blanket, and by custom design, I meant I mean that I sat there for like two hours meticulously designing this pattern of just his face over and over again. 
and then sent it mm. to some company to make my blanket. <laughs> and I just want to know who is the lucky person that got to make my blanket. You mean the unfortunate person. <laughs> I'll, uh, hey, perfect example. I'll put a picture of my blanket in the Discord server. <laughs> just throw it in there, no context. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone in the Discord who doesn't listen to Strictly JoJo will be like, the fuck is this? <laughs> All right, I've made a note. I will put the Nick Cage blanket in there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd I love to get my hands on some of that JoJo stuff. It's, I mean, that that's hard because it's edible, it's perishable. Um, you know, we'd have to like really be in Japan to appreciate it because it would probably rot by the time it got to us, especially with the supply chain as it is. Mm-hmm. But there's other JoJo stuff that I just, I get so jealous, um, you know, that we don't have access to here. But such is the nature of being a fan of something in Japan. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't made an effort to do a like a promotional campaign overseas. Granted, like the, the initial first half of JoJo's already come and passed or come and gone. Um, although we're still waiting on the second part, so maybe there's an opportunity. Um, but I think like they're aware that JoJo has a a growing fan base outside of Japan. So well, here's the thing with anime in general: it's becoming way more mainstream very very quickly. But because it's happening very, very quickly, it hasn't been mainstream long enough for Japan to recognize us. Senpai Mm. has not recognized or (laughs) has not noticed us. I just butchered that meme. Senpai has not noticed us yet. Um, And I just feel like that's that's kind of the nature of things in Japan. Like that's how they operate kind of in a bubble. Um, But that's okay. Like I'm just happy that anime is becoming more mainstream, that we can watch it easier than we could before. Um, we had a very similar discussion in one of our episodes on Strictly Anime, um, where we talked about what it was like being an anime fan back in the day versus now. So I don't know. I think with time, I think maybe in like the next five to 10 years, we'll start seeing more of these limited edition merch drops happen mm-hmm. overseas. At least that's my hope. Well, like I said, at least we can still have access to you, anime figures, JoJo figures, even though they're priced up the asshole yeah (laughs) (laughs) scalpers who resell them at very high prices um and then the last thing on the jojo docket before we get into the episode this is totally completely random but also totally and completely relevant did you know for those who aren't familiar we're out here in chicago did you know that there's a place called green dolphin street here in chicago (laughs) i don't know what the fuck it is and actually the building wasn't it used to be a like a, a nightclub. Yeah, and the building right? wasn't always called Green Dolphin Street. Yeah. Because it, we used to pass this all the time um, when we were in college in the city. And they like rebranded. And Several times, I think. Yeah, because they're in such a weird location. They're like in the middle of a bunch of bridges, like near the river. Right, yeah. They're like the and only like, thing there. Well, yeah, like now there's a grocery store next to it. But it just used to be by itself amidst all these different warehouses or whatever. Yeah, and like it every time we pass by it, it looks just like dead. I've never seen anybody out there like waiting in line to get in. I think it probably closed because of, you know, everything that happened in 2020. Yeah, I could see that. But I think what's interesting is that I haven't we haven't driven by it in a while. Um we haven't been in that part of the city in a while, but we recently drove by it um this past weekend. And like I've I've seen the Green Dolphin Street sign before. But I never really put two and two together until like now that we're watching Stone Ocean, the anime. I was like, holy shit, wait a minute. This is Green Dolphin Street, like the prison. So that was kind of cool to see that. 
I mean, it looks like a prison. Now. It looks like <laughs> shit over there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it was named after like the actual musical uh, musical band, and not the. Or maybe it was named after the the JoJo part. You know that prison. Be cool. <laughs> that would be really cool if it was if its namesake was actually from JoJo. Doubt it, but Doubt it, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Anyway, we'll post a link. I don't know if they have a website or what we'll, we'll at least find a picture of it and we'll drop it in the discord as well um so that uh you guys can see that if you venture over there but yeah that was just like a fun little thing i was like holy shit it's green dolphin street i forgot this was here and i forgot that's a jojo reference i just looked it up on google it says that it is permanently closed nope. so but you can probably yeah just see search green dolphin street chicago and you'll see pictures of its sign uh, but yeah we'll probably post a picture in discord all right, so now on to JoJo. This is a very um, interesting episode. It's like a blend of like the the tail end of what was going on in the previous episode and then a character introduction. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought that after watching the previous episode, because I was kind of meh on that one, that this one would be better, and it is. I think it's, it was only slightly better. The most that I got out of it is that the prison posse grows ever larger uh, from two to three. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you have the really confusing like whodunit scene in the first half. And then you have this very interesting action uh, sequence with uh, a very interesting stand battle that comes with Foo Fighters, who I think is probably one of the strangest stands that we've we've seen. Yeah. Um, and I just have to get this off my chest. The animation in the first half of this episode is rough. It is rough, especially everything mm-hmm. leading up to Jolene actually getting into the, um, the barn, the barn. I don't know why I forget that word. Um, where Foo Fighters is trying to hide the disc. Everything up until that point looks pretty poo poo. I'm just going to say it. Um, I would say that that part of this episode and the previous episode, probably have some of the weakest animation that we've seen in these first 12 episodes again it's natural there's always going to be one or two episodes that don't have as much time and resources dedicated to them but it it did kind of pull me out of the episode pretty quickly i was like whoa what am i looking at yeah i don't know if they're just saving animation budget for like the bigger action sequences even though like i said i think foo fighters is one of the more interesting stands or stand users or hybrid of both um, but I think knowing what the next episode is going to be, it, it's pretty obvious why the, the, the animation in this one is kind of poo poo. With all that said though, let's go ahead and jump into our synopsis and discussion for part six, episode eight, Foo Fighters. Jolene and Hermes begin their Among Us emergency meeting to figure out the imposter in their inmate group. And much like the IRL game, the discussion proves to be fruitless enough for Jolene to just use Stone Free to wail on whomever the fuck she feels like wailing on. The pair suddenly realize that none of the inmates are the imposters, as they are being possessed and controlled by the Sheldon J. Plankton stand, who has named itself Foo Fighters. The stand explains that it is its own president, emperor, and king, thanks to the wonderfully wicked White Snake who has tasked Plankton's family with guarding the tractor containing his stand music library. As Jolene and Foo Fighters engage in a barnyard chase, Hermes hunts down its stunt double, who tries to trigger their exploding bracelets by having the dead prison guard practice proper social distancing. Hermes tricks the decoy by using her own arm as a decoy and uses a dried-up prisoner corpse as another decoy to destroy the decoy. Back at Farmville, 
Foo Fighters creates a puddle large enough to make a piso mojado sign faint in order to stop Jolene in her tracks, but our hell-raising heroine sneakily uses Stone Free to take the tractor out for a spin. Call it Initial T. Foo Fighters fails to follow the farming four-wheeler and is fading fast from the fertile farmland, but Jolene decides to spare Plankton's family after realizing it was protecting the stand music library for selfless rather than selfish means. Jolene manages to at least collect Jotaro's Star Platinum certified disc from the tractor, leaving his sole album yet to be found, and Foo Fighters takes the form of one of the fallen inmates to protect the disc, thereby becoming a newly installed member of the prison posse. Later that evening, White Snake visits Farmville and gazes upon the wreckage with its mysterious stand user. Prison posse, prepare to meet Poochigang, Poochigang, Poochigang! And now onto our next segment of the show is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. First off, first and foremost, um, is with the stand Foo Fighters or the stand user Foo Fighters. If it isn't already obvious, this is a reference to Foo Fighters, an American rock band formed in Seattle, Washington. The band was founded by former Nirvana member Dave Grohl as a one-man project following the dissolution of Nirvana after the suicide of Kurt Cobain. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2021, which was their first year of eligibility, and they have won over 12 Grammy Awards, including Best Rock Album four times. I think it's interesting because I think the, the group took its name from the term Foo Fighter, which... Uh, Wikipedia says it's a nickname coined by Allied aircraft pilots for UFOs and other aerial phenomena. So, really? I've never heard that. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing of it, too. I always thought it was food fighters. <laughs> they just dropped the D. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess that's kind of in line with the character itself because it's it's it looks like an extraterrestrial and it it goes into like a philosophical discussion about existing in this episode but anyways that's Foo Fighters and then the second reference which is actually two references here is with the newly introduced Father Pucci Pucci gang um, even though the localization spells it as P-U-C-C-H-I uh, I think the original intent or the original um, spelling is P-U-C-C-I much like uh, Gucci so there's two fashion references with uh, the character Pucci. The first is with his first name, which is actually Enrico. This is in reference to Enrico Coveri, an Italian fashion designer and entrepreneur from Prato, Italy, whose designs are recognizable for their bright colors, prevalence of chromaticism, exuberant fantasy of prints, and taste for eccentricity and enjoyment. The second reference with Pucci is with the last name Pucci, this is in reference to Emilio Pucci, who is an Italian fashion designer and politician. He and his eponymous company are synonymous with geometric prints in a kaleidoscope of colors. And this is kind of similar with uh, we talked about last time. Searching plankton on Google will bring up more images of plankton from SpongeBob than the actual um, scientific than the actual plankton. Yeah. The, the actual, real, re, in real life plankton. Yeah, the actual scientific <laughs> being. Um, if you search Pucci on Google, all you really get are images of Father Pucci and none <laughs> of this Italian fashion designer's work, which I don't know if that's a shame 
or if that's a blessing. <laughs> so. Well, be careful Googling Poochie if you're an anime-only person. Oh, right. Because uh, that's some spoilers. spoiler territory. And now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. And I kind of have one. It's not like entirely new, but it's kind of new at the same time. Um, it's actually just being thirsty for Foo Fighters um, and her putting the disc in her enlarged tit. Like, it's not like Yo. a traditional meme, but yeah, like people saying like, I, I want to be the disc that she puts in her big tit. Um, yeah. That's the meme. So you I, have to say, I want her to step on me. It's like, I want to be the disc that it goes into her tit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was browsing Reddit and I did see a comment um, by some user named Nilesh72000. Probably butchering that. Um, but the, the comment said, whenever I see these thirst posts about Foo Fighters, I always think about how that's technically a corpse possessed by a sentient by, by sentient plankton. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, thirsting over plankton inside a dead body. Yeah, what do you call that? Like like necrophilia. I think so, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, gosh. <laughs> It's okay. It's anime. It's all good. <laughs> but as always, if we miss any memes, please reach out. Let us know. You can contact us via email or Instagram or Twitter and now via Discord. Um, but let's get into it. So this episode is obviously a Foo Fighters introductory episode. Um, and wow, my first note here is Foo Fighters is literally plankton holding together a dead body. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, I want to open up this discussion right away. Um, I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I want to open it up with Foo Fighters intelligence. I, I just think it's so weird what happens here. Um, so when we first get introduced to Foo Fighters as the stand, um, Foo Fighters is very intelligent it seems um speaks very eloquently and i just I, i'm surprised that when foo fighters assumes atro's body and becomes the foo fighters we all know and love there's almost like a, a switch that flips and foo fighters goes from very intelligent to lacking like street smarts or any common sense and is kind of ditzy um all of a sudden is that like am i the only one over analyzing that or is that just like weird to think that assuming this body suddenly like drops Foo Fighters' intelligence by like a hundred points, it feels like it's a similar situation with Okuyasu um, in Part Four, where he was battling Josuke, and then all of a sudden he just stops using his intelligence. <laughs> um, but I feel like with Okuyasu, and I, I could be wrong. I need to go back and rewatch Part Four, but that was more just him being overly confident. Like, did yeah. he speak at the same level of eloquence that Foo Fighters speaks here? Like, when Foo Fighters starts talking about that scientist or whatever and, like, the 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 concepts around, like, intelligence and life forms in, in the universe, I was like, this is not the same Foo Fighters that we, you know, come to know and love when she's a human. Yeah, I guess at the base of its existence, it's from from that conversation, it's with uh white snake or poochie giving it its powers it solely runs on intellect and i guess the way i look at it this might be light spoilers for two-year eternity but i feel like foo fighters is similar to fushi where it is born into existence and i would guess like 
somehow has a knowledge of everything, but then you put it into a body like uh, like Atro, I think that was the original inmate's name, and then it, it gains its memories, but it, it doesn't have a, a running knowledge of like books, or like you said, street smarts at that point. It, like it has to learn along the way. Like it's just a, a, a very drastic 180 that happens here. Like as soon as Foo Fighters takes on Atro's body, the way she talks is totally different. Um, and the way she behaves is totally different. Like, she doesn't even understand how to use a cup. And, like, I get that maybe Foo Fighters, the stand, never needed to use a cup because it can just absorb water. Mm-hmm. But it should be intelligent enough. Again, to, if it can talk about concepts around existence and in the universe and everything, or intelligence in the universe um, with ease, then you'd think that it would have enough intelligence to understand how to use a cup. Like, it just, to me, it's like such a drastic change. And you brought this up before that maybe Foo Fighters is just kind of taking on the personality of the body that it's assuming. Mm-hmm. So, like, Foo Fighters does confirm in this episode that she can read kind of like the information and memories about Atro after taking on her body. So, like, maybe that's the same thing here is uh, clearly Atro was stupid as fuck because in the last ev- episode she was like, my bracelet is beeping. Even though she could see <laughs> yeah. the guard in front of her, she decides not to do anything and stands around and gets blown up, right? Like, mm-hmm. the chick was clearly not the, the you know, smartest. But maybe here Foo Fighters is just kind of absorbing that personality and that somewhat of that level of intelligence because I can't think of any other reason this would be happening. Well, if I remember from <laughs> from uh, Foo Fighters soliloquy about intelligence and the Big Bang and intellect, he says that, or I think Jolene clarifies because Hermes is kind of wondering like what he's, what he's talking about. Hermes, or Jolene clarifies that what Foo Fighters is saying is that humans are not the only ones with intellect. And I think this is kind of linked with what something, uh, something that Jolene says at the end of the episode when she ends up um, saving Foo Fighters is that, well, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, Aramis points out that it had killed five people in its duty to protect the discs. But Jolene says if it's not human, it doesn't understand evil. So I think the missing piece here is that Foo Fighters is, is not human, so it doesn't understand like the human condition, and that's why it's learning this through Foo Fighters as it takes over, or not through Foo Fighters, but the actual, the female prisoner that died, um, it's just learning about how it is to be human through her body. Okay, I could see that. Um, it's just so strange. Like it, it is, a, it's almost too drastic of a change for me to kind of accept. Um, so I think like if they went a little bit easier on Foo Fighters, the stands intelligence in the beginning, it would mm-hmm. have made a little more sense. Um, but I yeah, guess it's like yeah, someone that's really book smart, but is not. But has never stepped out into the world, right? <laughs> like I kind of equated to that. Okay, that makes sense. Well, going back to the beginning of the episode, um, Jolene punches the girl with the black hair. And to me, pulls an Okuyasu move and randomly punches someone. This reminds me very much of the episode in the latter half of part four. Maybe not the latter half, like the middle of part four where Okuyasu saves Joseph when he's on the boat by just randomly punching one of the two guys that's in the room, not sure who's actually the enemy stand user, but happens to get it right. Um, Jolene doesn't get it right, but she's like, I don't have time for this. I'm just going to punch all of you, and then we'll figure it out from there, which kind of 
is the smartest move because they're not like there's no progression here they're just arguing back and forth why not just knock them all out at that point (laughs) (laughs) which looking at it um in hindsight it it, it makes for like a a very boring scene that nothing's happening so she has to punch something just (laughs) for something to happen i also got like jotaro vibes from her doing that really i got joseph vibes because, well, I get one thing that I'm reminded of from Stardust Crusaders, and I forget, like, the context of the scene, um, is when Jotaro punches that girl with using Star Platinum out of nowhere. Oh, because like it was the vampire? Yeah. Like, we learn later that he had reason to punch her. Um, but I guess it, it gives, like, Jolene doing it here kind of gives the same energy, even though she has no clue <laughs> who the, the imposter is. So maybe you could argue it's a blend of both because it's kind of like Jotaro doesn't have time for this shit, so he's got to move shit along. But mm-hmm. it's also Joseph's not knowing who to punch, so he's just going to punch everybody kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Either way, it's, it is a very Okuyasu move of her. <laughs> but we find out the real culprit, quote-unquote, was the one with the visor, the chick with the visor. Mm-hmm. Um, Foo Fighters clarifies that they created the body using the corpses of the two missing male prisoners which i did not catch for some reason that little fact went over my head the multiple times i've been exposed to the scene like i never caught that fact when i was reading the manga because i don't remember a lot of the manga and then i did not catch that fact the first time we watched this episode i was like oh that's where that body came from and that's where the male oh that's a body (laughs) so it took me a while to put those two together I mean, it didn't look like that prisoner, like if it was made out of the body parts of the missing male inmates, none of the features of like her face or her physique looked like those inmates. So Foo Fighters probably had to like literally craft an entire new body out of like the skin and bones of these inmates. Yeah. That is so weird to think. Um but that leads me into one one thing I want to bring up, uh, or another thing rather, is that I know there's been a lot of foes turned friend in JoJo throughout all the parts of JoJo. But I have to say, Foo Fighters kind of is an extreme case. Um, I know that Jolene argues like Foo Fighters doesn't really know that this is wrong because Foo Fighters doesn't have a concept of evil. Mm-hmm. But I mean, did Polnareff kill five plus people and like take the the body parts of two dead inmates and re-sculpt it into a new corpse. Like, did Okuyasu ever do that shit? Did, like, Speedwagon yeah. ever do that shit? I like, guess it's, it doesn't make it an excuse. It's but. it's just more, <laughs> I think the, the faux-turn-friend situation here is a little more extreme than any others that we've come across that I can recall anyway, just because of the shit that Foo Fighters has done up until this point. I mean, granted, Foo Fighters is like detached enough from white snake where she's like okay yeah no problem i'll, I'll join you like I, i'm just trying to survive that's all i'm really looking to do um but it's just kind of crazy like <laughs> how bad the things foo fighters have has done like how, how bad those things are i guess you could argue that they were prisoners and they had to be punished for their crimes. I guess. Not that, <laughs> like if the crimes all crimes should be punishable by death but <laughs> That's the only thing that I can sort of justify. 
Well, either way, we're glad you're here, Foo Fighters. You're you're a funny character, and I'm excited to see your appearances in the rest of the episodes. Um, but Foo Fighters also doesn't really explain how White Snake physically got the discs into the plankton to mm-hmm. give them that intelligence to come together and form this stand. So that is an open-ended question that I have. Like, did did White Snake like gather a whole like cup? of plankton and then just like smush the disc into them or did it take one little plankton and just like cram the disc onto the plankton <laughs> until it worked <laughs> like i'm just trying to picture how white snake made this actually happen <laughs> yeah i guess i'm just more interested in this implication of white snake basically creating foo fighters out of stand discs and how this kind of plays into why he's collecting all these stand discs um and how that relates to Jojo. Like, <laughs> when you brought up the plankton question, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the practical question here. But I think the the bigger question is what is he doing with these discs? And I don't know. I, I see it as, like, Foo Fighters being a clue to that. Yeah, and that also makes me wonder, how does White Snake, it's kind of a tangent maybe, but how does White Snake have this collection of discs? Like, I don't know if this is answered in, in Part 6 manga or not, Um definitely can't remember but it just makes me think like these stand discs came from a previous stand user so like are there a lot of stand users getting sent to this prison has he collected them over the years like because Foo Fighters had to have gotten that disc from another stand user technically like Mm -hmm. it's a stolen stand um so like where did he where did White Snake aka Poochie get all of that um I don't think it'll ever be answered most likely it won't be anyway it's just kind of something i I ponder it's like where the fuck did all these come from well that's he's kind of the reason why jolene ended up in the prison to attract jotaro there and so i'm assuming he used the same kind of mo to grab these discs to lure other prisoners with stands into the prison okay i could see that i could see that probably the best explanation we'll get um who knows maybe they will explain it i i genuinely cannot remember if this is um talked about or clarified in the manga um so yeah it's just something that i thought about i'm like that's that's a lot of discs to have um he's got a lot of different stands kind of at his disposal and plus if they're prisoners like they they would be like very nefarious right yeah and so if they be if they have stands and they probably have very lethal ones that he would want to get a hold of yeah yeah uh i don't know we'll we'll see how that pans out um i forgot that foo fighters is different from the stand that attacked Hermes. it's kind of like the same conglomerate of plankton right yeah i would figure it just uses a double with the leftover plankton and i like <laughs> i get like plankton's family he <laughs> has them do whatever they want uh while he's doing something else I think that was that was a SpongeBob episode. <laughs> I think so. That was like a later season episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jolene trusts Hermes and basically recognizes her as a Joe bro, um, and says, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and chase after Foo Fighters. Um, I'm gonna trust you to handle the guard and the bracelet, and basically keep me alive by getting that guard within 50 meters of me. Um, that's definitely like a. I don't know. That's a big trust moment for the two of them, and they've they've certainly had other ones leading up until this point. But I think this is probably one of the fastest. Well, no, I was gonna say this is probably one of the fastest relationships, like Joe Bro Joe Bro relationships, to develop. But really, that's not the 
that's not the case. Like when they met Polnareff in part three, they fought him and then immediately befriended him and let him join the yeah. group. So <laughs> Avdol <laughs> told him to use that dagger to kill, kill himself. <laughs> like, damn, Avdol. <laughs> then he, he had that immediate change of heart. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's not totally accurate for me to say, but I just, I appreciate how even in this moment, Hermes is like, she trusts me to do this. Like I could easily just let her die, but Hermes is wanting to play into the greater good here and take down White Snake, even though she doesn't really have like a personal stake in this yet, right? Well, with uh, McQueen, she was like so fed up with that situation, and it was all just caused by White Snake giving McQueen that stand. And so I think True. like she's just pissed off that uh, like White Snake has like made her life a living hell during that time. I could see that, but I could also see her just kind of like eventually saying, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll I'll just let it be because I don't want to die. <laughs> but yeah, I think that Hermes has a, a strong sense of, of what's good in the world, and that is probably what compels her to not only immediately trust Jolene when they first met, but stay by her side and listen to her without question because it was Emporio in the Hermes introductory episode, not introductory, but like the Hermes dedicated episode who relayed a message from Jolene and that was enough for Hermes to believe the situation like you know Emporio could have been lying or Jolene could have been lying but Hermes was like I trust you I'm down um but speaking of Hermes she used her stickers to double up the um dried up corpses and then put them back together so they explode and I'm like that is fucking disgusting you now have all this dead skin and like bone matter all over you it's kind of like when you think about the you know dust that accumulates in a room like part of that is dead skin cells i've been told wow <laughs> thanks for letting that image burn <laughs> that's in a my freak brain. everyone out but i think technically that's what part of dust is um and she just inhales i bet all of this like deadness into her body or at least all over her and i just to me it's so nasty to think about but uh you know it's a moment of survival. I took particular attention to, I think she duplicated her arm in order to stop Foo Fighters. And then obviously she rips off the sticker and then it violently merges back with her original arm. But she says like she swears never to use that trick again because of just how painful that was. I feel yeah. like that might be a little bit of foreshadowing to some future event where she will need to duplicate a body part or maybe duplicate herself again and i don't know lead to a a drastic fate yeah maybe honestly i don't remember from the manga um but it's kind of interesting how she just braces for impact like it's it's always interesting when a stand has a downside to it like with jolene you know if she unravels too much of her body that could probably be a huge risk for her um, or Josuke with Crazy Diamond, like he can heal other things, but he can never heal himself. Here, the downside of um, of Kiss is that whatever stickers she uses on herself are going to have the same destructive properties um, or reactions when she takes the sticker off. But yeah, she just braces for impact and does what she's got to do to stay alive. And then she encourages us by taking down the double. To hydro homie. <laughs> to hydro homie. <laughs> right. I like that. Because <laughs> that's how she's able to take down the plankton double. And I just love her line, you suck water like a tampon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty clever. Um, equally clever is Jolene using her threads to start the tractor while Foo Fighters is distracted, which then leads to Foo Fighters getting dried out in the uh, 
in the, in the, the field, field, basically. Um, the interesting thing here is that Jolene stops Hermes from finishing off Foo Fighters with what I wish was pocket sand. It was just dirt from the field. But it kind of reminded me of throwing pocket sand at somebody. <laughs> Where is that from again? Uh, from King of the Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's, that's what I know it from. But anyway, pocket sand. Um, so yeah, Jolene saves Foo Fighters um, instead of letting Foo Fighters perish by dumping water on her. And, and you know what this reminded me of? This I felt like this was a callback to part two at the end of the chariot race where oh, Joseph shit. pours his blood on Wamu's head. So there, there's like a uh, something where you can get Joseph vibes from. Hell yeah. Okay, that's cool. I didn't think about that. Um, but in, in this moment, Jolene recognizes that Foo Fighters wasn't guarding the discs for White Snake's sake, but to protect its own existence. Uh, so then Jolene makes that deal and convinces Foo Fighters to protect the discs from White Snake on behalf of Jolene instead, so that Jolene can save Jotaro and find out more about White Snake. Um, and I mean, it makes sense that Foo Fighters like would want to gravitate towards the kindest person. Um, you know, Jolene is being kind in this moment, and Foo Fighters doesn't need to be aligned to White Snake. There's no benefit there um, to Foo Fighters as long as, you know, her her existence and her intelligence can be protected at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I called out with it, or that I liked about the scene in the barnyard um, is did you hear like that sound effect uh, of draining water? as Foo Fighters was infiltrating Jolene's body. Like, you always point out how David Production uses these very unique sound effects for whether it be stands or Hamon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love, like, this one just sounds like water draining down a sink. And it's something about it was just so satisfying to hear. And it's appropriate for Foo Fighters because it is a water-based stand. I wonder if we'll get more of that when Foo Fighters, like, goes, um, you know, gears in for, for some action and, and fights somebody. Um Maybe that'll be a thing. I actually don't remember how Foo Fighters fights. I know we get the one shot of her using her finger gun and like launching plankton at somebody. Yeah, or when Jolene's in the puddle, it all of a sudden it spouts out all these kind of like seaweed strings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe we'll get more of that sound design. Maybe that's part of Foo Fighters sound design, um, but we'll have to wait and see for a, a bigger Foo Fighters fight. And then you get a portion of Jolene's theme, or I guess the Stone Ocean theme, um, and it delves into jazz. So I like how they continue feeding us bits and pieces of this theme, but it's certain other parts of the song that we haven't heard yet before in the show. Um, And I think it's jazzy here in homage to, I guess, her bloodline with Jotaro, since his father was a, a saxophone player. Right, a traveling. Oh yeah, a jazz musician. Yeah, jazz musician. An absent father who was always playing his music. <laughs> and then, of course, I think um, Hugo Kano, the composer for JoJo, um, at least since part three, uh, mentioned that he wanted to use like he wanted to incorporate American styles of music, uh, jazz being one of them, in composing Jolene's theme. So because she's American. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so then Jolene finds the star platinum disc and puts it into her head and then is launched backwards because let's be honest, the only person who can handle star platinum is Jotaro. Uh, but then Foo Fighters does clarify that no matter how strong you are, you can't use a disc if you're incompatible. But again, I think the so only person- PlayStation compa backwards compatibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think the only person who would be compatible is Jotaro with star platinum. But right. in the thought of backwards compatibility, if- Stone free got taken out of Jolene's head. Do you think Jotaro could use it? Backwards compatibility because <laughs> it's her dad. Yeah, I would think so. Right? <laughs> you can't go forward with compatibility. Yeah, you can't stick a, a PS1 disc and a PS5, but not that you could do it the other way around, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then as they, they continue talking about Jotaro, Foo Fighters also reveals that it's likely the memory disc. Uh, Jotaro's memory disc is what White Snake is actually after, and says it must be one hell of like a secret on there for White Snake to be going this far to obtain it and protect it. And what that could mean, hmm, I don't know, but I do know, but I won't tell you. <laughs> I feel like we get a hint of it in uh, a later episode of the this these first twelve. That's true. You do get like the whole deal reveal. Yeah. So I that. It's where my assumption is right now is that it's a memory related to Dio and how Jotaro had taken him down. Um, that's that's what I'm theorizing because again, I didn't read the manga all the way through. So and jo uh, Jotaro does tell Jolene in the visitation room that he's ultimately the one that they're after because he knows some shit. He's seen some shit. Like he's been around mm -hmm. town. Um, so yeah, I think in. I think in the next batch of episodes, if they do another batch, um, is likely when that will be revealed. But I can't remember the whole, like, kind of how everything plays out. I could be wrong. It could be further out into the story. Um, but speaking of reveals, the very last part of this episode, we get introduced to Father Pucci, who is revealed Pucci to be gang. the stand user for White Snake. And he finds Foo Fighter's finger with the plankton in it. Which is interesting. I didn't think that they would leave that behind, but was that intentional? I think because um, when Foo Fighters introduces herself in Atro's body, uh, a piece of her finger falls off. Um, do you recall that? Yeah, I do. And so that's why I'm wondering, like, do they intentionally leave it there to make Pucci think that Foo Fighters got destroyed? Oh. Or was that an accident? Because then he has those pictures of everyone who well, went yeah, out. Well, yeah, because he, he says that two of the inmates had helped Jolene. So But he may think Atro's still alive. Oh, uh, like he not knowing that Foo Fighters is yeah. still around. But then it had a little bit oh the But it could be like goo. any any chick's finger. And I meant like it had the black goo on it too. Unless he yeah, he could take it either way that Foo Fighters perished or that Foo Fighters had taken over that body. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see again. Another thing I cannot remember from the manga is like whether Pucci is aware that Foo Fighters is still around, um, but we'll we'll find out. But yeah, we get reveal the reveal of Pucci, and uh, let's fucking go Pucci gang. We got Pucci gang, and now we got Pucci gang. <laughs> and that priestly drip, man. <laughs> Honestly, his character design is pretty fucking badass. Like yeah. when you think about all of the big baddies in JoJo. Um, I obviously love Yoshikage Kira's design because he's just a fucking regular dude, but he also looks like David Bowie. But I, I really like Poochie's design, especially his hair, the way that's done. Um, it's just like really badass. 
I just love his his priestly garb. Yeah, I would love to see like a, a priest who is an anime fan just break this out during a church service one day. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and I know that church or you know a church is usually a like a pretty common like antagonist in some anime like going up mm. against the church like the church is doing some bad things it's just one dude here like it's just a priest and i think that's a little more unique is like having an actual priest be like the main bad guy of the story that again like i, I could be wrong there may be some anime that that where the situation is similar um, but from what I know, that's kind of a, a unique thing. And you would think uh, with him being a priest, you would expect priests to be saintly people, people that encourage the good. But it, I think that's another interesting point with Pucci is that he is at, obviously up to very nefarious, nefarious means. And who knows how, how nefarious those, those things will be. Um, once we get into the later half of Stone Ocean. And what's interesting is when we get to those last couple of episodes of these first 12, Jolene does technically meet Poochie, but thinks nothing of him. She just immediately assumes that he's a priest and yeah. trusts him. Um, you know, like, why would she question that? Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's very interesting that he's a mystery to her for quite some time because oftentimes the bad guys reveal themselves pretty quick to the main JoJo's. And so that brings us to our final thoughts for part six, episode eight, Foo Fighters. What did you think of this episode? Was it the best, the best, the best, the best of Foo? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a fun introductory episode for Foo Fighters. Um, I... I feel similarly to the the previous episode where like it was good, but it was not a heavy hitter of Stone Ocean. Mm. Um, probably plays into one of the like the it go, it's on the weak end of episodes, but it's not like the the weakest. Um, I really did like the latter half when they transitioned from like fighting the stand Foo Fighters to getting introduced to the girl Foo Fighters. Um, and starting to like unravel some of the mystery around the discs. I am excited to see more Foo Fighters because she's a great character. But um, like this episode was like, it was solid, but it didn't blow me away. Everything else after this, I think, will bring back the hype that we got from the Jotaro arc. And I know I mentioned before that like when we had that episode where Jotaro basically turns into a corpse and Jolene tries to, you know, save him and all that, that we hit like this high and we never kind of stop. I feel like these last two episodes probably were the slight dip that we experienced, but the rest I think will really be up here. If you can, you can't see my hand, but it's up here in the air. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Yeah, this episode was pretty good. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, It was a bit more exciting than the previous lead up episode. But I would probably rate this as one of the weaker stand uh, stand battles um, in Stone Ocean so far, uh, compared to again watching guests in the beginning, um, watching McQueen face Hermes, and I think in the next episode we'll we'll see Mary Lynn Manson. Marilyn Manson, I refuse. Mary Lynn, my ass. Uh, which, well, it's, which is a nice change of pace from, from this one. But um, yeah, this was just a, a, another great example of the typical JoJo trope of foe turned friend. 
Um, seeing Jolene and Hermes having to think outside the box to defeat Foo Fighters. Again, promoting that hydro homie mentality. <laughs> um, but I guess a stand battle where a group of Plankton are intelligent enough to pose questions about existentialism. This really is bizarre. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is a rocket for you. <laughs> yeah, JoJo's gone really far this time. But I guess Plankton did go to college, so <laughs> it makes sense. But yeah, it was a great episode. Again, nothing more, nothing less. Well, there you have it. Make sure you join our new Discord server so that you can see all of the things that we referenced in this episode, including the the meme of um, of Foo Fighters tits. I mean, it's literally just going to be a picture of Foo Fighters putting the disc in her tits. But, you know, that's always nice to look at. <laughs> you get it in the episode, so just have a picture of it. Um, but, yeah, we'll put all that stuff in the Discord server so that you can see it um, in the channel that we have dedicated to Strictly Dojo. So you can talk about the episode if you'd like. But, yes, please join us over there. We'd love to um, connect with everybody. And that wraps up episode 36 of Strictly JoJo. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday during the Stone Ocean Review Series. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com, where you'll also find more info on Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our love of JoJo. Stay weeb, everyone. To be continued.